0: Open the door to the most powerful room in housing, built for mortgage executives, real estate leaders, and the rising stars that drive innovation and progress. The gathering will feature over 45 powerful speakers on stage in Scottsdale, Arizona from April 21st to the 24th. Learn more and register now at housingwirethegathering.com. This is Tracy Belt, editor-in-chief of content for Real Trends. Real Trends 500 data shows that there are a handful of brokerage owners who consistently achieve high growth year after year. These brokers were selected to be 2020 Real Trends game changers. Today, we're speaking with Daryl Rogers and Matt Cord, co-presidents and co-owners of Better Homes and Gardens Reliance in California, to find out how they managed 279.2% growth between 2014 and 2018. Welcome, Daryl and Matt.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Tracy.
0: Great. So we'll just start at the beginning. Tell me a little bit about how the brokerage started and um, compare it to where it is now.
1: Well, we actually had, uh, you know, we, we didn't have this this type of growth in mind when we first started. And um, it started, Matt and I had worked together at Keller Williams many years ago, and um, we had ended up basically selling off our Keller Williams offices, and Matt went to work with a uh, Better Homes and Gardens down the Bay Area. And I just culled down to one office here in Auburn, California, with about 50 agents. And, uh, my, and my franchise came with Keller Williams, and I started looking around and met with Sherry Chris, and I got really excited about the customer-focused aspect of the brand um, and how they really felt the consumer was taking more power in the transaction and that that was something i was very interested in i was coming from an area where we focused so much on the agent that i felt like we almost disrespected the consumer and uh so i made the franchise switch at that point to better homes and gardens but we were just one office 50 agents matt was still working like i said for another company um and we we basically just slowly grew organically from there we we added a couple other offices um in the Sacramento area, areas that I had had offices in the past with Keller, and before you knew it, you know, by 2013, I believe, we had three offices in the Sacramento area and uh, about 150 agents, and then from there, just the the rest is history.
0: Okay, and what year um, did you go to Better Homes and Gardens? Uh,
1: 2011.
0: Okay, great. So, obviously, achieving that type of growth over four years is incredible. So, tell me a little bit about those years, uh, mergers and acquisitions, how much of the growth was organic. Uh, just tell me a little bit about how you grew.
2: Daryl, you want to start that one or you want me to take it? Uh, um,
1: well, yeah, okay. I'll kind of lead it into that. I mean, most of it in, that, in those years was more organic, uh, which was not, again, not really our plan, but I got – basically convinced by some people to go back to the town of Roseville where I had started and to start an office there. So we started it with five, 600 square feet. Um, and just, it just, we really weren't, to be honest, we weren't going after people. We weren't recruiting. It was word of mouth. People were coming in, say, we hear what you're doing, that it's a little bit different, that you're more focused on the consumer. We want to know more about that. Um, and we grew that Roseville office up to, uh, basically about 75 people inside of 24 months. And what that did is kind of put us on the radar for mergers and acquisitions. And I had been friends with Matt, you know, through that whole time where he was still working with Better Homes down in the Bay Area. Um, And Matt and I were talking about the company down there, the, the old Mason McDuffie company. And he basically said, Hey, I think there's an opportunity here. Um, and that's where the real explosive growth took off, and, I, and Matt can probably speak to that of how we put that together.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, it was uh, it was it was interesting. So so Daryl had started his his Better Homes and Gardens up in Auburn. I had been with uh, the Mason McDuffie Group, which is had been around for a long time, it was a really fairly large operation, and it got to the point where where the owner uh, of Mason McDuffie had decided that, that he'd been doing this long enough and was going to get out of the business. Um, and decided that he was going to sell off his offices. So we were in touch with Better Homes and Gardens, and and sort of threw our hat in the ring to see if we could we could acquire some in the uh, the East Bay. And we ended up with five offices in the East Bay in in one fell swoop. So it was, I think Daryl running a very very uh, geographically concentrated brokerage in Sacramento area suddenly became uh, nine offices spread out from from Fremont all the way up to uh, to Faroak so it the growth happened fairly quickly at that point
0: okay and what year did you uh, merge offices that
2: 2016
0: okay, yeah
1: December, okay yeah December of 2016
0: okay so obviously in every entrepreneurs life there's an aha moment when you realize this uh, you needed to change the way you were doing things in order to scale or grow or stop your current business plan and get creative. So, Daryl, we'll start with you. What was your aha moment?
1: <laughs> uh, you know, I feel like we're having them every every day, every month um, right now because I do think the business is changing uh, so rapidly. Um, but I think you know, the most recently what we have focused on is that uh, the – The old days of recruiting, just, you know, pounding the phones, trying to get as many appointments as you can, and then uh, trying to convince agents one at a time uh, to come over to your company. Although I think you can achieve some growth that way, um, the the return on investment on that, I I don't know that that's the best way. And so we have definitely decided that, you know, mergers and acquisitions with companies that match are um, cultural fit that the uh, the type of agents they have match our type of agents. You know, not just going after any merger acquisition. That's really been the aha for us. And I think what's interesting is it's one of those things where you learn a lot at your previous company, uh, but you don't have maybe the resources to do it. So for us, we were taught a lot about mergers and acquisitions with KW, and so we did learn a lot. But if you, you looked back to that and looked at most of them over the time, there weren't that many mergers acquisitions made by us or anybody else within the Keller system because um, I, I do feel there was a low, there was a, a lack of capital and I think there might have been a lack of, of um, understanding of that model and with the Better Homes and Gardens name and people know it and people trust it that when I reach out to an owner now with the knowledge I have for mergers and acquisitions, I get a much more welcoming, you know, reaction.
0: Right. Right. So Matt, what was your aha moment?
2: I I think, I think Daryl said it right. I I feel like just about every day that there's some aha moment. it's always predicated on something I did wrong the day before. Um, But I think, I think mostly what we have tried to do is, the mergers and acquisitions thing has been, has been incredibly helpful in, in, you know, allowing us to grow at the rate that we've grown. But we've also really wanted to put a, a huge amount of emphasis on our managers not being a smile and dial, call whoever you want. We really want to be cautious with the people that we grow with, that they are like-minded, that they believe in the same things that we believe in. And we've had an incredibly good uh, core of managers that have developed great relationships and really, I think, very slowly and methodically have found people that they think would benefit from our organization and we would benefit from a relationship with them. So it's it's great to do the, the M&A stuff because it's such an impact so quickly, but there really is something to be said for Uh, the organic growth, the relationships that are built one on one. And it's it's, you know, not growth for the sake of growth. It really is trying to find this balance between people that can really benefit from the things that we're offering and things that we can benefit from those people as well.
0: Okay. Great. So let's talk specifics about your growth. You told me a little bit about your recruiting um, and your MA. So what did you and your leadership do team do to really create such growth? And, and tell me a little bit about your business practices and your culture.
2: You minute. want to take that one? <laughs> you want to start with that one? I'll jump
1: in. Oh, okay. I can do it too. Okay. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah. I think, um, you know, our business practices and our culture has, you know, going back to the beginning, we believe um, very strongly that in the areas that we currently operate that, we, you know, we, we it's the one thing we step up and really proudly scream from the mountaintops is we truly believe we're the only consumer-centric real estate company in our geographic areas. And, and by consumer-centric, everything we do is about what would the consumer like as opposed to what would the agent like. And, you know, the way this industry has evolved, if you go back 50 years, it was always about what does the broker want. So the, the big, you know, company name, the broker of record, they would they would handle all the leads, they would handle all the transactions and they would dole them out to their you know agents and agents were dependent on them. And then the I think in the eighties and nineties, the the Remaxes, the Kellers came along and said, No, it's about the agents. You're independent business people and you can do really well um, and we just are here to support you. But as things started to evolve, the consumer started getting more control of the transaction. You know, they they could go to Zillow, they could research things, they could, uh, you know, tell people how much a home was really worth. They actually had good knowledge, and I think at that point there was a huge fork in the road, and brokerages went one of two ways. There were brokerages and continued to do this that would really resent that newfound power of the consumer. Um, I see it every day on social media and it, it kind of irks me when, you know, people put some sort of post on social media that's, you know, it's some joke about Zillow or says something about their estimates or how a consumer thinks they know what their house is worth. And I look at that and I bristle because it's, you're, you're really criticizing the consumer. You're saying the consumer is not smart. And the fact of the matter is the consumer today is so well-educated. And I, I oftentimes use the metaphor of like, you know, we go and buy cars all the time and we do research. We go to Carfax and True Car and and all these different places. And then we walk onto a lot. We know what type of car we want and what it's worth. And if a car salesman said to us, all your research is stupid. You don't know what you're doing. I would leave that car lot. I would go to another one that respects my intelligence and my research. And that's the way that we, that's our culture. We're telling people, listen, your clients know what they're doing. Don't assume that they don't. Don't assume that they haven't done the research. Today's consumer is extremely smart and we listen to what they want. And so, you know, other little ways that comes in is I think for the longest time, you know, we talk about a Zillow, people got mad, but Zillow created a website that consumers loved. We created websites for 30, 40 years that agents wanted. And guess what? We lost. Zillow came in and inside of two years destroyed, you know, that, that avenue if you don't learn from that and realize, don't get mad at Zillow, learn from them and go, you know what? They went to the consumer and Zillow has a distinct advantage in that they don't have to please agents. They have to please the consumer. And right. so our, our game changing moment for that was to, Hey, that's what we're going to do. So if an agent says, I really want, you know, a mortgage calculator up in the far right corner of the website, and we can show them data that says, "Well, the consumer really doesn't care about that. Well, we're not going to make a change because the agent in our office wants it. Uh, you know, and because then you get 60 different ideas from 60 different agents of what it should look like. So we basically create things, we create trainings, um, you know, when it comes to trainings in our offices, many places, uh, if you look at their calendar, we kind of have a saying here, you know, if you, if you, it's, it's something we stole. I can't remember the guy who originally said it, but a long time ago, you know, if you would know a man's heart, look at his bank account, you know, where does he spend his money? Well, if you would know a company's culture, look at their training calendar. If their training calendar is filled with numbers, how to do 90 deals in 90 days, how to make 100 calls in a day, how to grow your database by 500 people, that's a transactional-based company. But if your training calendar is based on things like how to deliver five-star customer service, how to give the consumer exactly what they want, how to work with a consumer's knowledge and add your own knowledge, those are trainings – that are respecting the consumer and they're relationship based. And we want to be a relationship company, not a
2: transactional company.
0: Okay, great. Uh, Matt, do you have anything to add to that?
2: I don't, I don't know how you add to that. I think you just covered absolutely (laughs) everything. Um, I, I, here's the, here's the one thing. I mean, we, we try to, I mean, that's, you know our process through through all of this has really been focused on on the relationship and and what Daryl's saying is absolutely right and we try to distill this down to every part of our company and one of the one of the lines that we've used forever here is we don't want to recruit or retain any agent that we wouldn't feel comfortable referring to a family member so we really do want to believe that everybody is is trained to the the highest possible potential that they are more invested in what their consumer wants and that we could go into any single office and grab one of those agents and say, Hey, look, could you represent my mother on the sale of her home? And we'd feel 100% confident that they would do a great job with it.
0: Right. Okay. Um, so, Matt, I'll start with you on the next question. If you could offer other brokers some advice when growing their businesses, what would it be?
2: <laughs> um, oh, my God, where do I start? Uh, I think there's a couple things. I think um, one of them, in terms of the mergers and acquisitions, I think you've, you've got to put it out there that you are an interested party um, and an avenue that, that that smaller brokerages or brokers that may be wanting to get out of the business know that you're out there and you exist. So forging relationships with other brokers, uh, even just as a uh, casual relationship, but letting them know routinely like, hey, if you ever decide, if this is, you know, if you ever think that, that being part of a bigger group is exciting, you know, let's have that conversation. I think the other part of it too is, and Daryl and I talk about this all the time, making the hard decisions early, right? We have had uh, you know, personnel issues where we really kind of waited out what we knew was not going to be a great situation and wished we had, had pulled the trigger sooner on making a change. We have had situations where we thought spending some money on a, you know, either a, like Daryl was mentioning, uh, a Zillow account or some other lead accounts that we didn't, and we wanted to wait for the perfect time, Uh, And sometimes that that delayed what could have been, you know, more exponential growth for us and and our agents. So I think the biggest two things is, one, letting brokers in the area know that you are interested and you are indeed growing. And, two, is making sure that when you're faced with that tough decision, make that decision as soon as you possibly can.
0: Okay, great. And, Daryl, what advice do you have?
1: Uh, You know, I would – Matt hit it right there. I think the only thing I would say is, you know, going back to the original thing of how did we first get into this with mergers and acquisitions. And um, you've got to, you, you really need to make sure as a broker that you align yourself with the right people. And, and by no means do I want this, you know, to be a commercial. People have to choose every company they go to, but our, our mergers and acquisitions are a direct result of who we've aligned ourselves with by, by aligning with a national company And with Sherry, Chris, and Better Homes and Gardens, Rich D. Nicola, they want to grow. They want to support us. They don't just say, hey, you guys should really go create mergers and acquisitions. They support us. You know, we have Stephen Bright, one of our local area reps. I mean, Stephen is all over this state finding Mm -hmm. people that might be interested. There's not a week that goes by that Stephen doesn't call me and say, I got a lead for you. Do you want to follow up on it? And then as soon as I've got a deal and I think I can make it work – I can get Rich on the phone, Sherry on the phone, and say, here's what I would need if I could make this thing happen. And I think that is key. Aligning ourselves with the key people with a great company like Better Homes and Gardens has allowed us this tremendous growth.
2: That's a huge okay, point. I mean, we, have, we haven't done a single merger acquisition that hasn't had every aspect of Better Homes and Gardens involved. I mean, they they have made it 100% possible for us to do the things that we've done so far. I mean, it really, this is not something we could have done on our own.
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing all of that information with Real Trends, and congratulations on being named 2020 Game Changers. Thanks so much, thank Tracy. Thanks so much. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um,